0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com.
1: When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization and you tell him one thing, just win, David. You're gonna get everything I got, everything I got.
0: Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go, let's go, Raiders on
1: three. One, two, three, let's go get there. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding, how do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild, I think he came to set his roster on fire.
0: Raider Nation, what is going on? We haven't talked too much this offseason, but the offseason is just now getting started pretty much for the Raiders as we've been kind of trimming the fat off of our uh, cap space right now. We've been cutting down on some old contracts that are kind of, you know, biting us in the rear and would be handicapping us, I guess, for the upcoming free agency. With We're going into this free agency as of, you know, whatever it was, a few weeks ago, being 8 or $9 million over the cap you know, whatever the official number might be. And, you know, cutting these guys like Tyrell Williams, 11.6 million against the cap. Gabe Jackson, 9.6. Richie Incognito, 6.3. LaMarcus Joyner today, 11.2. Of course, two and a half of that's dead money. Uh, But freeing that kind of money up is huge for us. What is that? Over 30 million? That's amazing. So, that's going to help us big time whenever it comes to this free agency. And of course, right, you know, after free agency, we're going to be talking draft. And I do want to give a shout out to Blue Wire, the hosting, I guess, partner of this podcast, who, the network that I'm under, Blue Wire. I'm sure you guys are very familiar with it by now. Shout out to them. They're actually teaming up and they partnered with The Win, The Win Hotel in Las Vegas. You're going to be hearing a lot more about that. Of course, you know, there's still going to be a lot of, you know, the unofficial. Raider Bar in uh, Vegas, we have Stage Door Casino, there's going to be stuff going on there, and of course, I'll probably be recording at their studio that they're building inside of the Wynn Hotel, Uh, maybe room deals, who knows what's going to be going on there, we're going to have some clarity on that here pretty soon, I'll give you more details whenever it comes around for the upcoming season, and what we're going to be doing during games, because my plan is to pick the four biggest games in Las Vegas, and be there for those four games, and then of course, you know, plan and see where we're going to be at, so stay tuned for that, but Okay, let's quit messing around. Enough of this talk. Let's get into some of these cuts. First off, Tyrell Williams. I uh, just talked about him uh, being one of the four guys cut $11.6, mil, uh, 11.6 million against the cap. And moving on from him, I think, is... is that 11.6 should be pushed right towards Nelson Aguilar. I don't see any other reason why. Uh, Give him that cap space, full blown. I see 10, 11 million for Nelson Aguilar at least, especially if he's wanting to test free agency. There's going to be a bit of a market. And on the topic of Nelson Aguilar, even if you know he doesn't come and he doesn't resign with us, trust me, I see John Gruden being the type that wants to go out there and fill that position no matter what. I do love what Henry Ruggs brings to this team. I love the element. I love what he's getting kind of given that deep threat to open up the offense because everything underneath to Darren Waller, everybody else, you need that Henry Ruggs to kind of just scare the defense. Maybe he's not quite that all-around number one wide receiver yet. Will he be? Time will tell. Uh, right now I kind of see him as the Deshaun Jackson prototype unless he decides to really polish up like his you know short to intermediate routes. I see him kind of being that, you know, stretch the field, Deshaun Jackson, you know, um, game breaker type guy. Not a do it all guy, but enough to be a threat and enough for the defense to game plan against him. And I love that. But you still need that Nelson Aguilar, right? The Nelson Aguilar that was a go to wide receiver, kind of like the Michael Crabtree. Whatever wide receiver we sign, he better wear number 15 because whatever it is about wide receivers wearing number 15, Derek Carr is great with. Going all the way back to Fresno State, Devontae Adams, 15. Michael Crabtree, 15. Nelson Aguilar, 15. It doesn't matter. Bring someone in, sign Allen Robinson and give him Jersey number 15 for all I care. But Tyrell Williams was obviously a contract that nobody's surprised by. And then of course we had Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson was a little bit of a surprise to me. I wouldn't say surprise because I think he was definitely, um, you know, in my mind, a very possible cut going into this offseason, saving 9.6 million against the cap and seeing that you're thinking, okay, now we can re-sign Denzel Good. And we can keep Richie Incognito, and we got our two starting guards for a decent amount, right? Richie Incognito's cap at six point three, but then he gets cut. So then you start to wonder. And from what I, you know, am am processing here, is that the Raiders could bring him back probably cheaper. Obviously, coming off the Achilles injury, he maybe we don't expect him to quite be as good as he was at his age. Oh well, I think he'll still be a great interior guard and a guy that I still want back on this Raiders football team. So I still I, I see a possibility of him coming back. But is there a playoff team or somebody out there that can lure him in and take him from us? That's going to be something that we wait and see. I do think that there's a very good chance that Richie Incognito comes back and plays for the Raiders because he's he was absolutely ready to go the last time I talked to him before the cut. Um, of course, it's not his decision to get cut. It's the team's. But he was ready to go. Um, so I'd love to see him back for a playoff run. And then, of course, today, if I end up putting this podcast out, sorry, my, my actual, my real job schedule. Obviously, I don't do this full time because you don't see any podcast early ever, but my real job schedule has been nuts. But if you're listening to this today, the day I record it, afternoon I record it, should I say, LaMarcus Joyner on Monday was released as well. Another guy that you kind of expected, $11.2 million cap hit, two and a half of that's going to be dead. So uh, my math brain's kind of weird. Was that like 8.7 million savings? I don't know. Don't challenge me right now. Um, so, LaMarcus Joyner, moving on from him, what does that tell us? Does Amik Robertson come back in? and Or should I say not come back in, but step up year two, and is he the guy? Is he the answer? Not sure, because I think he still kind of had that transition from playing outside corner. You know, outside corner in college. And, of course, he has the build, and he's kind of that prototype slot corner in the NFL you still have to adjust because you're playing your wide receiver completely different. You're guarding different routes, the route tree and the options and the, um, I, you know, I guess the, the expectancies are different guarding a slot wide receiver, or a guy coming out of the middle, playing, playing uh, a nickel corner is a lot different than playing out. Like we're Trayvon Mullins playing. Of course there's corners that can do both. And maybe eventually he can be that guy, move around all he wants. But right now it seems like the Raiders want to make him that slot corner. In my opinion, I think this opens up the door. With question marks around Damon Arnett, um, you know I still love the, the talent of Damon Arnett. I do question his his work ethic a little bit. Of course, if he wants to prove me otherwise, then he can come out and have a big year and you know look like he's really you know trained hard in the offseason. That's obviously a, a good way to change my mind on that. But with question marks around him and no more La- LaMarcus Joyner, I think this puts us in a position where we absolutely need to sign a veteran corner and a veteran safety. Because I don't see Eric Harris coming back. And even though I love Eric Harris, I don't see him being our answer. You know, he's not going to be the guy that we sign and and pair with Jonathan Abram no matter what. There should be a big, not big, fast ball-hawking safety that we decide to put back there. So, yeah, a lot of question marks soon. I'm going to talk about a few more guys here, but soon we're going to be talking to Raiders long snapper, Trent Sieg. Uh, But the last question marks, of course, I have is Trent Brown. What are we doing with Trent Brown? Are we going to end up cutting him? Are we losing leverage? What's going to happen there? Because right now we have Colton Miller left tackle. Do we bring back Denzel Good? I think we absolutely have to. You have Rodney Hudson at center. Who's our other guard? Lester Cotton? Then who's going to play right tackle? Obviously, there's a lot of tackles that are in free agency this year. I think you got to look at some of them and have to eliminate some of them just because they're not all willing to play right tackle. A lot of these premier guys want to get paid and be a left tackle because that's where you you still think you get recognized the most. Right? Blindside guy. So there's a lot of question marks there as well as Marcus Mariota. We're going to wait and see what we do with Marcus Mariota. There's a lot of trade conversations, but if they do want to sign him and he is a starter and that team somehow gets to the playoffs, they're going to be paying Marcus Mariota a lot of money. So that's something that teams are really questioning. And I think even Marcus wants to be able to go around and choose his team and have a long-term contract and not just play on a one-year deal for some random team that the Raiders decided to trade him to this year. So, yeah, free agency, guys. We have some room to work with. I think it's time we bring in veterans. I think it's time that we don't just only rely on a lot of rookies to come in and fill these gaps, although I still feel like, you know, we'll be drafting need. We need to eliminate those needs going into the draft because you, you, overall, maybe your top rounds you can start selecting by need, and you get those those top guys in those first couple rounds But later in the draft, you want to be able to just draft the best player available and not have to fill gaps in the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, the sixth round. You don't want to be drafting those guys because you need those positions. You want to be drafting them because you think that they're awesome talents at that spot in the draft. So we don't want to cripple ourselves at that point. I feel like John Gruden and Mike Mayock have now learned a lot through this kind of roller coaster couple years. Uh, Mike Mayock, I will say, maybe had a down year last year. I I can confidently say that. I think I've said it before, and I really think that he's prepared to kind of bounce back you know, learn from mistakes, trying something different, and I think um, you know I, I really trust and Gruyere to you know flip this shit back around. And and one of those you know moves was signing the guy that I'm going to be talking to here in just a minute. Again, with Blue Wire, we made a little shift in ad reads, and there's going to be ads kind of bumped into random spots. Sorry if things are a little weird as things are going through. You won't be always hearing my voice in ad reads, but you can always 100% trust the products and the brands that Blue Wire is promoting. And here is going to be one of those ad breaks. listen to marketplace wherever you get your podcast now let's quit messing around and i mean understand that free agency is right around the corner some guys are getting cut some guys are getting extended let's talk to one of the players that just got extended So joining me now, the Raiders' long snapper for the last three seasons, number 47, Trent Sieg. What's up, buddy? How
1: much, Cody? I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on.
0: Oh, dude, of course. You know, we're kind of just getting into the, the flow of things. You guys are having an off season, and it was almost a, a little break for me. I haven't podcasted much. It's nice to kind of break away from football, focus on other things, and I know you've still been staying busy working out, huh?
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, Le- like you said, obviously we would have liked to be in the playoffs and make a Super Bowl push. Yeah. But after the stress of the season, especially after the way this year has gone with uh, all the COVID protocols and everything, it's kind of nice to be able to relax a little bit and just refocus so we get ready for next year.
0: Yeah, it's like kind of hitting the reset button and uh, wipe away everything that happened and look forward to, um, obviously, that playoff run in 2021. Now, I do want to say congrats, contract extension, three years Mm -hmm. down, now three more to go, dude. You got to be pumped.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's nice to kind of have some stability moving forward and kind of knowing where I'm at. Cause I've been on a, a one-year deal, um, pretty much since I've been here. So uh, I think my wife's more happy than anyone, honestly. Yeah, she, no, I bet. Yeah, just, just picking up and moving the family around for, um, around the country, especially with the team moving and everything. It's, it, it's, it's, fu- it's a, it's a blessing and everything, but, uh, but it's nice to know that we'll be able to lay some roots down.
0: Yeah. So you guys are enjoying Vegas. Are you living like, like in Vegas now for the last three years? you guys plan on staying there the next three?
1: Um, yeah. So when we were in Oakland, um, I I went back and forth from, I'm originally from Colorado. So I went back and forth to, uh, kind of my, my hometown. I grew up in, um, Bay was just really expensive. Yeah. I I don't like to spend money, but, uh, (laughs) but Vegas is a little bit cheaper. So especially now that, um, Now that I have a a three-year deal down, I'm hoping to be able to stick around here a little bit more during the off season and get to know what it's like around here.
0: Yeah, dude. From Colorado to the Bay Area, that is definitely a big price difference. Where I'm Central California, it's kind of the same thing. Not quite Colorado. Of course, we're still dealing with crazy California taxes, but um, definitely a lot better than the prices in the Bay Area. Um, I got to know, I I don't want to get too much into your personal life, of course, because that's your business, but, uh, married man, kids, what's the, what's the plan right now?
1: Married man, a little bit over a year into our marriage. And, uh, there we go. Yeah. Just, uh, now that we kind of have a little bit of stability, that's another thing that comes along with it is, uh, we're hoping to start to grow the family here. Yeah. So
0: you gotta, you gotta plan it, right? I was just talking, it was actually about this time last year. I talked to Hunter Renfro, um, and I, and I told him like, you know, uh, the time well, actually no, I talked to him during the season. I said, Well, you know, the time to strike's getting pretty close because if, you know, in nine months, you're in the middle of the season pretty much. So you pretty right. much uh either you gotta wait like another month or two and you gotta yeah. you gotta hit that target spot, I guess. Yeah, right? I'm not
1: I'm not gonna lie, that has been a conversation that's that's been had. <laughs> she she doesn't like the putting it off a little bit, but um, but I, I would like to be able to be able to focus on the kid a little bit more when when it's around but i mean yeah so earliest whenever god decides for it to happen we'll we'll take it as it comes that's a good answer right
0: he might he might put that on you uh beginning of february you guys might be dealing with a super bowl that same week and that yeah, could be super a super bowl baby <laughs> i'm telling you um, you got to watch it um <laughs> uh besides of course you know the the normal challenges of being a football player and uh time away from your family how challenging was it just this season Um, overall for players I mean obviously there's you know masks everywhere tracking devices you guys can't really go anywhere stricter rules on the sidelines no fans Um, how did the energy change and and how did that you know change I guess the overall outlook for the season for you guys
1: yeah so I mean obviously it was kind of difficult for everyone in the country not not really just yeah just us but um, as far as it, it pertained to me as a football player is I'm like so about my routine and go about doing the things the same way because the way I look at long snapping is like I want the same or the snap to be the same so I'm gonna do the same stuff to lead up to the same result you know yeah um so it really messed with my routine honestly. <laughs> um, just kind of limiting number of people in locker room at, at a time uh, mm. just like where we're allowed to sit to on sit on the bench um, oh man I mean as as you. I'm sure you guys saw, um, we had a, had some issues with, with, uh, protocols and yeah, yeah, people yeah. cracking down on us and everything, but, um, but yeah, it re- really just really have having to be on the fly with adjusting practice times, depending on if we had a positive case and just waiting to hear back on everything. And we really had to, had to really be able to adapt to whatever was thrown at us. And it, it was definitely a different outlook on how, the football, on how the football season is usually run but yeah i, th- I think we i think we handled it uh fair, fairly well still all things considered um but now going into this next season hopefully we have a better idea and everyone kind of knows a little bit more what to expect going into it
0: yeah and hopefully you know we can get back to max capacity cuz obviously mark opened up last season saying it's all or nothing uh, yeah. you know we could add 20% or whatever that whatever uh Nevada allowed towards the end of last season and I get his feeling. It's it's hard to you know brand new stadium not let in like okay here only you know a fifth of yeah. you can come in besides yeah, what yeah.
1: how how do you turn around and say well you guys bought tickets and you guys did mm-hmm. but you're not allowed in so yeah I I definitely respect his decision and it was it, cool that he didn't I'll, go although, too yeah yeah I, I really really kind of stood stand by what yeah. he said and which, which I think is very very respectable I was kind of stand behind his word but on the other side of that it would have been great to share the. First, first season here in Vegas with with Raider Nation, but yeah, hey,
0: we'll yeah. be we'll be back. Yeah. Uh, I guess you know uh, the second go around, and it'll be full, and it, it'll feel more like it because it, it is kind of crazy watching you guys. It was almost like a you guys are in your own bubble over there in uh, in, in Vegas, and Raider Nation is just you know on the outside looking in, and
1: yeah. Then even yeah, after exactly.
0: you know, obviously, you probably know a little bit about the fan base on social media. We are very passionate, and with passion yes. comes, you know, after good things. The passion is amazing. After disappointing endings, the passion can obviously turn the other direction. And yes, um,
1: but that, that that is one of the things I love about Raiders. Though, is yeah, the Raider Nation is Raider Nation cares, and they want us to do well, and we want to do well for them.
0: Exactly, and not having those experiences, especially because you know we love our tailgates, we like to be at the yeah. games, and not having those things, you're you're not really getting any highs from the season. You know, you're riding the the right. things of the of, of the wins and everything else, but. Yeah. I think you guys, you know, of course, all the COVID complications, it was cool to see even like, I mean, you missed like half your defensive starters and still, I mean, gosh, went toe to toe with the chiefs, the second go around. And yeah. Uh, yep. w- one of those things it was, it, it was a, it was a very good season. I think going forward um, shows that I think, you know, Vegas is a good landing spot for the Raiders. And I think it's going to be very nice whenever the fans can finally get in there and take you guys at another level. Now I want to talk about how you got to Vegas. Obviously that came from Oakland first and, um, the year that we ended up, we signed Andrew DePaula, I think was his name.
1: DePaula, yes.
0: Yes, and he, at that time, I believe we made him the highest paid long snapper that offseason in free agency, and then week one tore his ACL. Now that same season, that same off-season, you went undrafted. I mean, just like most long snappers usually do in the NFL just because you're so underappreciated, but of course, luckily, right. an organization that appreciates their long snappers so much just so happened to need a long snapper week two. Obviously, Lee Smith wasn't the answer for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, how, walk me through the process. Um, if you if you saw what was going on, if you expected maybe that phone call um, and, it, and and how it all worked out.
1: Yeah, so um, really, and this just kind of goes to show kind of what we were talking about, where you can plan for stuff, but it doesn't really ever necessarily go the way you yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. Cause uh, So coming out my senior year of college, like obviously, like look, look at all the teams. We're like, okay, this could be a potential landing spot. This might be where I have a chance to go. And like you said, I saw, saw Depot sign, signed his really big deal. I'm like, all right, well, no way I'm going to Vegas or, or I guess Oakland at the time. Yeah. And uh, so, I'm like, okay, not going there. And then as I go through, I, I go undrafted. I signed with uh, Baltimore at the time. And pretty pretty much under the like they, they told me pretty much like you're probably not going to come take the spot like if you win it you win it but we can promise you that you'll be here through the training camp and get filmed so that was yeah. really kind of the best best i could hope for coming out as a long snapper with with where i was so i took that or or uh, took that opportunity um did well there uh the, the guys over there in baltimore did a great job of kind of just showing me the ropes of how to be a pro and the three, the three of them, the, the wolf pack over there, uh, they're <laughs> all, they're all the the pros pros. So it, it was a great group, got group of guys to learn from. Then I, then I got cut, um, went, went back to Colorado for a week and, and, uh, I was watch, watching su- Sunday night game, Monday night game, you know, little, little e- edge on my shoulder, like looking at some of the snappers saying like, God, I should be there, you know, but, yeah. Uh, and then, um, I mean, obviously, it's not the way I I want to get a job, but it's just kind of how football is. But uh, Depot ended up tearing his ACL on I think it was like his first first snap even. It of, might have been. I game. think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the first the first snap, and uh, like I texted my agent. And I was like, right, okay, just make sure to reach out to him. Uh, I I need to try to get to bed, and because I might have a long day tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, my my agent says, yeah, I'll, I'll reach back, reach out back to you, uh, after we hear back from them. And I swear I woke up every 30 minutes and checked my phone. Oh, it was probably one of the worst nights of sleep I've ever had. I bet. Um, so yeah, I, then came out to a workout and my flight was actually delayed on the way out to the workout. So I of thought, of course, thought, nothing ever yeah, goes smooth. <laughs> I, I thought, uh, I thought I was going to lose the job just because they do all the workouts before I got there. Oh shoot, man. But uh, luckily coach Versace and uh, Byron store that they, they liked what they saw in me and, uh, and Mackenzie and, um, and coach Gruden that they all, they all liked what they saw in me, signed me, um, looked out of a suitcase for that first, like first year really. Um, Yeah. But yeah, just kind of brought into a, a team that I never really thought I I was going to have a chance to. And, feel like I've been making the most of my opportunity here and it's just awesome to be part of an organization that has such a such a historic feel to it just walking around the the building and seeing all the hall of fame players yeah. up on the walls and everything and it's amazing you can, you kind of forget how many great players have been through here until you really really go through and see it
0: exactly and uh just like what we talked about a little bit before we started recording was Luckily, the Raiders are an organization that that can highlight and appreciate the underappreciated positions. Uh, you know, we love our fullbacks. Uh, my co-host Kenny King, his dad was big fullback for the Raiders. Uh, you okay. got guys like John Ritchie, Marcel Reese. You know, got all those right. guys. Um, and then you get down to even like long snappers. And it's not even like I mean, of course, every team still has to have a long snapper, so I'm not going to call it like a dying breed like fullback is. Uh, but long snapper is never the glorified position. But if I remember right, you know, there's John Condo who was captain of the team at one point you know what i mean so that even has to be a goal for you like you know hey you can get on here and be an important piece of this team and of course yeah yeah definitely
1: and th- that that is something exciting like honestly exciting about um my, my position and coming here is like you said this team takes its specialists very seriously it it doesn't just like throw someone in there to, to be in there and I yeah mean, with sea with bass leckler and condo like like those were those guys were the gold standard yeah. for a long time, and obviously that's as a competitor, that's where I want to be too.
0: Well, you had those, yeah, that trio, which was huge for us, because there was a time where for the Raiders, the best players on our team were literally those guys, you know. Um, then Leckler left before the rest. He had Marquette King come in there, so the way, I mean we had a great trio there for a long time, and then we kind of hit the reset button with everything. Of course, with John Gruden coming in, it just so happened to be the turnover of all that. But you still need those core pieces of your special team, and now we kind of have this little trio of you guys brewing up. Um, of course, I would say Daniel Carlson this last year really stepped up. Of course, we know how big kicking is; it's, it's probably a bigger mental battle than anything. Um, and after you know having like a slump or two in his in his first year, or whatever, that he he really pulled out of it last year and showed that he can be one of the best kickers in the league. Um, AJ Cole. Same thing, very reliable last year, and that all starts with you at long snapper because with a bad snap on either a punt or a kick, things can go very south. So, of course, you know, you're know you the key of making everything work. Talk to me a little bit about your relationship because, obviously, I'm, I'd imagine you three are pretty tight-knit.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that uh, Coach Gruden and Coach Versace have done a great job of kind of kinda just – Picking us out, not like not only just because we're good at what we do, but I think we all have a very similar mentality in how we approach it and that we want to be great and we want to hold each other accountable. Like if I have something that throws AJ off a little bit, he's not afraid to tell me. Yeah. It, and we're we're not afraid to kind of get into it with each other if we, if we have to, <laughs> which, which, and we all, but we all know that it's nothing personal and we we have a great relationship and they're probably some of my best friends. But, um, just competitors. Yeah. 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 We're competitors and we just know we can talk to each other because we hold each other to that standard where we want, where we want to be. Cause like I said, we, we want to be like those guys and and even surpass them. And I mean, uh, obviously got a long ways to kind of, to get to that point, but, uh, with, with the way Daniel started off his career here, um, uh, he w- had a ninety-plus percent year his rookie year, and then
0: yeah.
1: uh, this last year he was ninety-four percent and le- led the NFL in yeah. uh, in scoring. And then and then AJ I think was like one of the top three or five guys that at pinning the opponent opposing team inside the ten-yard line. I like that. And we averaged only like two punts a game, so oh,
0: I think man.
1: I think we do a good job of taking advantage of of our opportunities. And that's kind of one of the things that coach Masaccia stresses to us is it's a one play mentality every time we go out there. Yeah. And I think we do a good job of, of doing that and expecting that of each other.
0: Yeah. I'd say we definitely killed it on special teams, especially the, the, the punt unit, both sides. Um, it seemed like every time we were putting the offense in, in a in a bad position, uh, or should I say the opposing offense in a bad position, then every time we were returning punts, of course we had uh, slippery Hunter Renfro back yeah. there with the spin moves, um, always yeah, putting he, on a show. I, I don't know how
1: Hunter stays up. Sometimes he just <laughs> he just does. Guys just got he just bounces off of people and just keeps going and gets ten fifteen yards. He he's crazy back there.
0: Well, I mean that's also the same guy that plays his own dogs at fetch. I've never seen such a thing. Um, <laughs> I will say now, last thing I want to know, and this is going to be kind of my, 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 proof, I guess, of how important your position is. Um, let's say you can't take a snap during the game, you know, um, you know, this is obviously something we never want. Like maybe you got to go poop or something like Lamar Jackson did. Right. Um, who on the team, like if anyone, right. <laughs> if anyone who on the team would be available right now that you know of that can actually take a, you know, your snap,
1: so we actually put a lot of effort into that year that this year because of COVID and we didn't know if mm. like Friday, Saturday, I'd randomly test positive. So, um, Andre James is our, was Oh, our that's nice. Sapper. Well, just yeah. so happens, so, yeah.
0: he kind of does everything too. He plays all over yeah. the offensive line. Yeah,
1: he's, a, he, he's a little, uh, little Swiss army knife of the <laughs> line, but, uh, but yeah, so he, he would come in and kind of take some of the punt, punt reps from me on, on, uh, on days where we were focusing on punt return and, kind of give him some trial by fire there. So he'd, he'd be ready. Um, actually that kind of brings me back to the first guy I met when I, when I came into, uh, the building was, well, it was the guy who was driving me to the building. And then the the next guy I met was Lee Smith.
0: Oh, I and, love Lee Smith. Yeah.
1: He, yeah. He's an awesome dude, but he just comes up to me and has, has like this big big smile on his face he's like it's like hi lee, lee smith i'm the happiest guy in the world to see you right now <laughs> like, no one is happier to see you in this building than i am i was like oh. man nice to see you too <laughs> oh,
0: like, could you imagine the pressure that guy was under probably to take those snaps like that oh yeah I, I
1: talked i talked to him about it and he uh he said he hadn't really, like actually practiced in like two years
0: oh so
1: he, he, he was just he just like told told the coach that he was like it's like, Hey, I kind of did the backup or did backup for this a little bit back in the day after it happened. So,
0: Oh, that's crazy. So yeah. is it is like calculated that on your snaps, does it seem like the laces are landing in the same spot? This is just kind of popped off the top of my head whenever either the field goal holder or the punters catching the ball or the laces kind of usually landing in the same yes, spot. Yes.
1: That, that's that, that's actually one of the distinguishing factors for uh, snappers in the NFL versus college. Is We're typically more consistent with that. And that's something we we get graded on is what if we can get the laces to kind of be be right there for AJ to get down so he doesn't have to spin it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool, man. That's good stuff. Again, congrats on the contract. Three years down, three more to go. You're now rooted uh, pretty deep here now in Raider Nation. And uh, we're glad to have you a part of it. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. And let's get this team into the playoffs in 2021. Huh? Yes,
1: sir. Thank you for having me, Cody. It was a great time. So
0: that's going to wrap up my conversation with Trent Sieg. And I guess our little, I don't know, primer for free agency. Uh, Obviously, we're going to get into a lot more things. Expect me to be dropping an episode again in the next few days, covering all the free agents that I have my eye on. And of course, you know, I guess the group of guys that the Raiders are going to have a big need for. And I'm sure they're not going to just target certain guys. Sure, they're going to go and they're going to try and throw a lot of money at um, some of the, the the bigger names right off the bat. But it seems like Mayock wants to be really patient and really go after the guys that are kind of left hanging off those big contracts and can get them at a decent price this time. Because we've learned our lesson, I think, the hard way—not throwing a lot of money at these, uh, you know, mid-tier guys or uh, just because they're the highest free agent doesn't mean that they're, you know, worth that much money. And we don't want to put ourselves back in the same hole that we're doing right now and playing a bunch of cleanup. So, Raider Nation, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like, subscribe. Uh, if you follow Trent Sieg on either Twitter or Instagram, give him a shout out. Say thanks for coming on the podcast or something, maybe. I don't know. Say what's up. Trent's a good dude. Um, looking forward to having him for another three years, six years total for a long snapper under the Raiders. Um, he's going to be a big name, and, and I think, you know, pretty soon, obviously, a household name. So, good stuff. Raider Nation, stay in touch and let's get ready for this free agency. Later.